I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Hello. And if I Hi, uh, welcome to another episode of Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness, fear, and laziness. I'm also going to share a brief meditation or thoughts on which to meditate towards the end of the show. I was walking down the street the other day and I saw a woman with a t-shirt that said, I think it would be better if we all liked each other. Maybe that wasn't exactly it word for word because that doesn't sound like a t-shirt sentence, but still that was, that was the message. And from that, I had a series of thoughts. First, yes. Why can't we all like each other? Why can't people like Colin Kaepernick? Why can't white people like black people? I agree. We should all like each other. Second thought, I don't like everyone. I don't like Trump. I don't like Kavanaugh in this world where everyone is better if we all like each other. Do I have to like them too? Because I don't think I can like them ever. I don't want to like them. What would it mean about me if I liked them? Which brings me to compassion. It's a word we hear a lot in kind of this wellness, yoga, mindfulness space. And then the tricky, tricky piece of forgiveness and how I think we misuse those two ideas in a lot of ways as maybe unconscious, but an excuse to let things slide that would otherwise be really challenging to face. So today, I want to talk a little bit about our own desire for perfection and lack of forgiveness, and then our laxity or laziness when it comes to using compassion and forgiveness as an excuse. So it may seem like a double-edged sword, and that's okay. I'm less interested in the pointy ends of the sword than balancing on the fine edge of it. Louis C.K. was in the news recently. Nine months after he admitted to having masturbated in front of multiple unwilling women, he made a surprise appearance at the Comedy Cellar in New York. He did a 15-minute set, got a standing ovation, and Twitter exploded. Some people thought it was too soon. Some people thought never would be too soon. Other people wondered how long should he wait before being forgiven and brought back into the fold? I think this is a great question for our times because sometimes all it takes is one minor slip up, a wrong phrase to be used on Twitter, a real mistake, but honestly made, and people are condemned, done, never to be heard from again. And other times, people show us over and over and over again that they are hurtful, sometimes dangerous. And for some of those people, all the public seems to need is a good apology and for them to fly under the radar for a minute. And they're welcomed back to the spotlight with open arms. We can get into a conversation about why some people are given a second chance and some are not. I think it has mostly to do with privilege. And you can read a million opinions on that out there. There's one article on Vox by Constance Grady that touches on second chances. I'll link to that in the show notes. But what I'm more interested in this particular moment for this conversation is why we use forgiveness in this way. First of all, why must we forgive this kind of behavior? I'm not advocating for non-forgiveness ever. I'm just interested in the answers that might come from the inquiry. Why are we interested in forgiving some people, but not others? I think a couple of reasons. Fear, because we want to like Louis C.K. We want to think he's a good guy. On some level, 
a lot of us related to him in a really human way. And if he's banished for doing something, could we be banished too? I think also laziness is part of it because our lives are better when the good guys stay good and the bad guys disappear because it's more comfortable and easier for us to maintain whatever status quo there is than to draw all new lines in the sand and readjust ourselves to new rules. And I think these two factors have been bubbling up for a while now, especially in the Me Too movement, laziness and fear. So let's get into the fear a little bit. Because I think this will help us start to understand our habits of forgiveness, not just towards others, but towards ourselves. There is a reason, an evolutionary advantage to self-criticism. Noticing that we're off track or we've made mistakes allows us to correct or adjust that behavior to help ensure our own survival. If we eat too much or too little, if we travel too far on foot or not far enough, we could easily not survive. So that's built into our brains. But that's not really where most of us are. I read an article in the New York Times, which I'll link to again in the show notes. It's from May of this year. The headline is Why You Should Stop Being So Hard on Yourself. It's written by Charlotte Lieberman. In it, she quotes Dr. Richard Davidson, founder and director of the Center for Healthy Minds at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he also teaches psychology and psychiatry. He notes that, quote, self-criticism can take a toll on our minds and bodies. It can lead to ruminative thoughts that interfere with our productivity, and it can impact our bodies by stimulating inflammatory mechanisms that lead to chronic illness and accelerate aging. Yikes. The solution here, of course, is compassion, being kind and understanding to ourselves when we notice a flaw or a perceived failure in ourselves, in part because self-compassion is kinder. It can alleviate the negative effects of criticism, like the inflammatory response, chronic illness, depression, etc. Also, it just happens to be the only way forward. It's the only way forward. Compassion and forgiveness is the only way to make change really happen. If we get caught in the negative loop, we're just running around in circles. If we acknowledge negativity, have compassion, and then decide to take action, positive action, that's the way forward. If we go into that total annihilation route, you failed, you're out, then what what really happens? Punishment? Humiliation? Sure. But is there growth? Is there movement beyond that behavior? And look, sometimes shame is really powerful. It's a way for all of us to check ourselves against the general agreements we align with as a society. It's how we know we've messed up. But shame can be really dangerous too because the general agreements we align with as a society can be wrong and harmful, like systematic sexism and racism. Which is why compassion is key. Can we understand where this person is coming from? Can we understand why this flaw or mistake has happened? This doesn't mean that the behavior is acceptable or okay, right? I I hate to do the human dog comparison, but here we go. Think about a dog who goes into your laundry, picks out all your socks, and hides them in his bed. How angry can we really be? The dog is a dog. He is born to have a job, to hunt or to herd or to do whatever. So if he's not given enough to do, he's going to take on some pro bono work, right? He's going to hunt your expensive purse or start herding your socks. 
it doesn't mean you should forgive and move on, allow him to steal your laundry every week. You can still set the boundaries for your household, but banishment and humiliation may not be the best way to change things. Some compassion, some understanding that this dog's behavior pattern is what it is because he is a dog. And then you could decide from there to train him, give him chew toys instead of kicking him or screaming at him or putting him in the crate. Again, I don't really want to get into a whole like crate training conversation right now because that's not what this is about. I will say I think that there are positive uses of the crate and I think there are negative uses of the crate. And then we'll move on. Crate training or not, this doesn't exactly translate to our human counterparts, of course, but the idea of compassion can help us understand why someone is doing something instead of only recognizing behavior and then condemning them. I'm going to pause here to say thank you. I will be brief. Thank you for listening to the show. Share it with a friend. Write a review. You can find all our past and future episodes as well as show notes and links to articles I've referenced all at yogafortherevolution.org. All right, let me try to gather these loose threads for a moment. Because of fear, we often choose to condemn people and ourselves for failures. Because of laziness, we sometimes choose to allow flaws or failures that are harmful to go unchanged. I think by allowing ourselves and other people to be imperfect, it could then allow us to create even stronger boundaries for ourselves and other people when it comes to behavior that is truly and actually unacceptable. If we curb our laziness and comfort with the status quo, if we challenge ourselves to have boundaries that are realistic and strong, it's possible we could find a little bit more clarity around why we are so quick to forgive some and condemn others. And at the same time, also hold ourselves and others accountable with kindness and compassion. I think that's the key moment here, is that kindness and forgiveness doesn't mean non-action or non-accountability. Compassion and accountability go hand in hand. And again, I believe it's the only way to move forward as we choose to make changes in our world. We can look at the GOP and try to understand why they're doing what they're doing and then be like, well, they're only human and then let it go. I don't know anyone who's thinking that way, I don't think, but it's a little bit of an extreme example, but we do it with people in our lives too, right? He's trying, doing the best he can, so we'll just let it go. But at the end of the day, the behavior is the same and the effects of the behavior are the same regardless of that person's motivations, even if they are positive. So again, I think this compassion and accountability go hand in hand. And without it, we are left with this very binary system where someone is either wrong, go to hell, get out of here, or they're, you know, we're going to sweep it under the rug because they're wrong, maybe, but we don't want to talk about it. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't want to send them to hell and tell them to get out of here. So we'll just ignore it. And I think that those are really dangerous places to be. And it reflects back on ourselves. If those are the only two options, when you fail or you make a mistake or you do something that hurts somebody, if the options are get the hell out of town or everyone will ignore it, never talk about it again, but still something is wrong, right? Those are not great options for us as individuals either. It would be better for 
ourselves as well if someone approached us or we approached our own behavior with compassion and accountability together. Take a breath. You can choose to do this now. We can do it together or simply listen and reflect. Come back to it when you need it. I originally heard this as a guided meditation from Jonathan Faust, and I'll link to some of his talks and meditations, again, in the show notes. Start by placing your feet solidly on the ground. If you're in a cross-legged seated meditation position or a different posture, just let your seat be solid and grounded. Let the spine extend and be easeful. Breathe in and out through your nose. For the first part of the meditation, the focus is on yourself. I'm going to repeat a few phrases. You can listen along or repeat them to yourself. I allow myself to be imperfect. I allow myself to make mistakes. I allow myself to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive myself. If I cannot forgive myself now, may I forgive myself sometime in the future. Shift the focus now towards others whom you may have harmed. Please allow me to be imperfect. Please allow me to make mistakes. Please allow me to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. Please forgive me. If you cannot forgive me now, please try to forgive me sometime in the future. And then extend this compassion to those who may have harmed you. Just as I allow myself to be imperfect, so I allow you to be imperfect. I allow you also to make mistakes. I allow you to be a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive you. If I cannot forgive you now, May I forgive you sometime in the future. Take another deep breath. I think this is a great meditation to practice for yourself and for people in your life, in your household, and maybe even for people on the news. Until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day. I'm being followed by a moon shadow shadow, moon shadow, leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow.